Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 48, Limpets and Their Frenemies. Last week in episode 47, we talked about an intertidal animal relatively uncommon in this part of the world, the red chitin. Superficially, chitons look similar, at least in overall shape, to the animal we're talking about today, the limpet. Limpets, like chitons, are mollusks, the second most diverse group of animals in the world. Limpets are part of the subgroup or class of mollusks called gastropods. This includes the snails and nudibranchs we've talked about in many previous episodes. Gastropods have either no shell or a single shell, and may or may not feature body torsion and detorsion as part of their overall development. Regardless of the shape they end up taking, they all share a muscular foot where their mouth is located, hence the name gastropod. There are several lineages of limpets, it turns out, which are only distantly related, but share many physical features and behaviors. Their single shell is a shallow oval with a central point, like a low, pointy mountain or sun hat. In the technical literature, this is called patelliform, like the patella, your kneecap. The shell is open underneath, and that opening is where the soft tissue of the limpet's body interacts with the external environment, and where it adheres to the surface it lives on. The mouth is at one end of the opening, and is flanked by sensory tentacles. Most limpets are grazers, cruising around on rocks, rasping microalgae, bacteria, and seaweed using their radula, a rough toothed tongue common to all of the gastropods. Because most of the food they eat grows directly on a rock substrate, their teeth need to be reinforced, and like chitons, limpets impregnate their teeth with iron minerals. Our local limpet is the tortoiseshell limpet, Tectura testudinalis. More common than chitons, but far less common than the common periwinkle. Tortoiseshell limpets are found in the rocky intertidal all along the coast. They typically hang out in tide pools or in the lower intertidal cruising around at night to feed when the tide is high. During the day, they remain stationary, clamped down to the substrate, pulling their shell down flush. This enables them to resist drying out, getting washed off rocks by wave action, or getting eaten by a predator. Their favorite food is the encrusting coralline algae, Clethomorphum circumscriptum. If you've ever seen what looks like bright pink paint on the rocks of a tide pool, you've seen this alga. Clethomorphum is a red alga with the unusual characteristic of being calcified. It incorporates calcium carbonate into its tissues, a trick we associate more with shell-bearing animals like clams and snails. The calcium carbonate mineralizes the tissue, making it harder to eat. It's a defensive strategy against herbivores. With their iron-reinforced teeth, limpets are not put off by the chalky algal tissue and have evolved this feeding specialty. Bonus points for having few competitors for this resource. Surprisingly, research has indicated that this relationship may have a benefit to the alga as well, which at first doesn't sound right. How could getting eaten yield a benefit to an organism? It turns out that for encrusting algae, there are fates far worse than being nibbled on by limpets. Encrusting algae only grow on the surface of a substrate and are thus limited by the amount of surface area they can occupy. Other photosynthetic organisms get around this limitation by growing up taking on a three-dimensional growth form that allows them to compete for light, the ultimate resource for a photosynthesizer. Combine this growth form limitation with the fact that the ocean is full of small floating juvenile organisms looking for a place to settle down permanently, and encrusting algae, 
are under constant threat of getting landed on and ultimately smothered by other marine organisms. And this is where the limpet comes in. Their constant grazing on the surface of the algae effectively removes all of this potential biofouling, cleaning the surface of microalgae and baby animals that could potentially interfere with the algae's ability to get sunlight. This is a great example of the trade-offs and adaptations of coevolution that make limpets and encrusting algae the best of frenemies. This has been episode 48 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening, and join us next week. Mm-hmm.